0: Bones of oh, so yeah. medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy.
1: And I'm Sydney McElroy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Listen, we went to your, um, your uh, Reading Terminal Market today. It's gorgeous. Second, it was great. Second time there. Uh-huh. Uh, Not to brag, but we've we've been twice. We've been there two
1: times.
0: It's not a big deal.
1: It was great. We ate way too much food. Yeah. Because there are, like, lots of, I was like, well, there's got to be, like, a list of what are the best things we should eat. Well, I mean, there's, like, hundreds of lists of those.
0: Turns out it's (laughs) all. So we tried them all. (laughs) Tried them
1: all. Um, And while I was there,
0: this is not an exaggeration. I saw no fewer than three framed photos of owners of stores with Ben Franklin. (laughs) And it's like, you guys know, right? I mean, I don't want to cast judgment like, you know, it got around, right? (laughs) It's not
1: the real one, right? You know that, right? It's not that Ben Franklin. But it was very inspiring because uh, Ben Franklin... In, in among many things that he uh, dabbled in and was an expert on, uh, was medicine. Uh, Franklin dabbled a lot in the in the medical sciences, and so I thought that could be. This is actually Justin's idea. I don't want to take credit. For <laughs> this could be a really good show topic in connection to the area, because even though Franklin was not from Philadelphia, he was from Boston. Philadelphia became like his. <laughs> sorry i did not (laughs) blame like linear time i'm sorry i'm sorry that he i mean he was born there i can't stop i can't control that (laughs) but he came here by choice right and stayed (laughs) and he like i mean it was like his adopted home so that's more meaningful, really.
0: Yes, he chose. The life he chose, the home he chose, right.
1: Right. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't know there was this animosity. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that.
0: I was very, very possessive of their Ben Franklin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he was not a doctor of medicine, although he was uh, given an honorary doctorate later in life, but that was for, like, electricity stuff, not medicine <laughs> stuff so, so, he was not a doctor um, he actually had very little, like, actual formal education. He was originally sent to school by his family to become a minister, but he wasn't really feeling that. And then he went back to school a little bit later, but he had to stop so he could work and help support his family, and so he went into printing instead. So he actually, a lot of the stuff he learned, it's really impressive, he, you know, learned on his own. And uh, medicine was just, it was kind of one of the things if you were, like, you know, uh, a son or daughter or child of the Enlightenment, then you would want to learn about everything. You'd want to learn about science and music and art and culture and medicine and, and politics and society. And so it was just kind of part of everything that he learned about. Kind of like me. A, re- a renaissance Justin. <laughs> and, uh, but he was very master clear.
0: Master of no trades, but jack of many. Including, it would seem, idioms. <laughs> like Ben Franklin. Like Ben Franklin. A modern day Ben Franklin. Will he too become one of our great presidents? <laughs> history history will tell.
1: You know. Hold on one sec. You know. I'm gonna assume you know. I know he's from go. Boston, yes,
0: but I, no. <laughs> it feels like Philadelphia is his real home, right? Yeah.
1: They're with me. So I, one of the things I love is that even though he dabbled in medicine, and usually as a physician myself, when I hear that, that somebody's like, well, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I read a lot about it, and <laughs> I think I know something. I'm, I'm, I usually get a little nervous, like, oh, do you? Okay. She, she does, yes. This is, <laughs> is going to be an unpleasant visit. Uh, <laughs> He was not, it didn't appear he was He was like that. He actually, in letters that he wrote to his family, he'd give them extensive medical advice, but then say, now, I am not a doctor. So if your doctor says anything other than this, do that. Don't do what I said, do what your doctor said. In fact, I don't know why I wasted all of this ink.
0: <laughs> I should have put that stuff first. No, but in this... They it, would write letters about, like anything <laughs>
1: Here's some medical stuff you should do unless your doctor says not to. Uh but and I mean that would have been uh, for the time period everybody was just kind of guessing and sort of making stuff up so right. I mean it fit in pretty well. Uh but I wanted to go through some of the areas in which he he sort of practiced somewhat medicine and contributed to what we know about, about medicine. Um, first of all, the most obvious is electricity and electrotherapy. So with with the uh, understanding of electricity, there became a lot of interest, not from Ben Franklin, but from, like, the public in general as to what could this do to our bodies <laughs> if we applied it to it a lot in different ways, in different Areas <laughs> at different voltages. What could we do? Um, we discovered w- one. Kill
0: ourselves. That's <laughs> that one happened on accident. Not a good one. Not a fan.
1: <laughs> but maybe, hear me out. Less. And maybe, maybe less, and maybe like more directly applied. And that was that was one of the big areas of interest was in people who had suffered some sort of paralysis. Could we use electricity to, like, bring movement back, to, like, fix whatever? Because we didn't have an understanding at that point why the paralysis had occurred. So, like, can we fix it with electricity? Uh, And Franklin himself was very skeptical of this. With all of his understanding of electricity, he was like, "Mm, I don't really think that's going to work. But people sought him out anyway because he was known as an expert in that field Uh, So people would come to him with their family members and say, like, can you put the electricity (laughs) on my family, please?
0: (laughs) However, he's been outside. Our brother has been outside with a kite tied to his leg for many hours (laughs) and nothing.
1: We, We don't really know how it works, but could you do it? And, and Franklin was like, well, okay, <laughs> why not? <laughs> so he did. So he tried on, on multiple people. And again, and this wasn't something he sought to do. It was just people came to him and he was like, well, I mean, I know how to, I know, I got the equipment. I got the stuff. I have the kites. <laughs> I'm not busy. Uh, so he had like an electrostatic generator. And he had these, these laden jars, these jars to like collect the energy that he generated. And he would basically get all the, collect all this energy and then direct a shock at like your, at the patient's leg or arm or the whole side of their body, whatever, whatever had suffered paralysis. And he would do this multiple times a day, usually for about five days was all, that was usually about all the patient's wanted to go through <laughs> and he wrote that he was like usually after five days they were like thank yeah. you
0: <laughs> my leg really hurts but if i have to endure one more day of ben
1: franklin guessing where to shock me and franklin for his part and it was like i mean i told you <laughs> I said this probably wouldn't work. I was just willing to give it a shot. Uh, And he wrote that. He said, you know, that uh, uh, initially there was, like, some subjective, I think I feel stronger response. And he noted that the arm or the leg or whatever that you shocked definitely seemed warmer. (laughs) More succulent. but he said, I don't see a lot of, a lot of real objective improvement. And so, so it was something he was at least willing to try, uh, but didn't, wasn't able to, to really make a lot of advancement in that way. Now, another area in which he did kind of solve a medical puzzle was uh, there was a problem during Franklin's time, a very common malady that was usually called the dry gripes. And this was like, basically, you would have a lot of stomach pain, and you'd feel really weak, and you might look very pale and lose a lot of weight. And it was really common, and nobody was completely sure what caused it. Uh, Franklin noticed that he saw it a lot in his career in printing, and he started to connect it. He started to, to put the pieces together, that there were certain professions among which the dry gripes were a lot more common, and he eventually figured out that they were all being exposed to lead. And so he was the one who solved the puzzle that lead poisoning is, like, a problem. <laughs> <laughs> And that we should limit lead exposure, and he was able to like use this. I, this I I guess you could, might consider, depending on your proclivities, one of his greatest achievements. He was able to use this to figure out that we were using lead in a lot of stills, and like the coils and stills, and so all of our gin was uh, was and rum was like lead laden. And so he solved that, so you could drink all the rum you wanted and not get lead poisoning. Heroic. And there was a doctor in Devonshire who, like, wrote to him, this Dr. George Baker, and said, "Hey, uh, I think maybe we've got something called the Devonshire colic, which is the dry gripes." But I don't—I think it might be this thing, only we don't drink that rum a lot. What do you think it is? And so, like, through, like, letter writing, he helped him solve that it was their cider press— so it was their cider. So anyway, everybody in Devonshire got to drink cider and not get lead poisoning.
0: They might of have Franklin. done better if they stopped coming up with, like, cool high school nicknames for all these diseases. <laughs> so Devonshire failings is like the dry gripes, but with just a little bit of, like, our own local twist on it. It's like, <laughs> it's called lead poisoning.
1: You'll have lead poisoning. Get rid of the lead. <laughs> Uh, he also was one of the first people, and this, this is funny because Ben Franklin was one of the first to write down that, you know how we all think that getting uh, wet and cold, like being out in, a ra- in the rain and getting having wet hair and going out when it's cold, that was always what I was told. Don't, don't go outside with your hair wet. You'll, you're going to get sick, right? You still hear that today. Ben Franklin was one of the first people to write down, like, this is not real. <laughs> <laughs> I know that everyone thinks this is a problem, but it's not. The reason he pieced this together is that from a young age, Franklin had actually initially wanted to be a sailor. He'd really, that was his plan. And he didn't end up doing it, but he had a lot of contact with sailors. (laughs) He's like a sailor fan. I don't know. He liked liked to think about boats and sailors, I guess. I mean, he wrote on them periodically. So... He was a fan of sailors, and he observed that they would get cold and wet all the time, and they weren't getting sick. And he was like, this doesn't make any sense. And so he actually was one of the first people to write down, you know, what I think it is is when people are, like, closed up in close conditions, Mm. that something is happening when we shut people up, and they're all, like, breathing in each other's faces and, like, getting their spit in each other's faces and all that. Something is happening that's making everybody sick. So he was like describing a communicable disease before. What had a cool really...
0: period in history! Like something's going on. Anyway, I'm gonna die now. <laughs> Bye. Good of luck with this in a hundred years. Bye. Make sure you give me <laughs> credit for
1: it. <laughs> How disappointed would he be every time you go to like leave the house and like your parent is like, "Don't leave with wet hair." Ben <laughs> Franklin said, "I
0: could." Cold. <laughs>
1: Um, one, one fun uh, medical story, sort of medically adjacent story that Franklin was involved in. We've actually, we've talked about this some on the show, but I, it's been a while, and it's one of my favorite stories from, like, pseudo-medical history. Um, ben Franklin was part, he was actually in charge of a task force at one point that was set up by Louis Sixteenth. Uh, Because at at the time in France, mesmerism was really popular. Uh, And Franz Mesmer had spread this idea that there was something called animal magnetism that was like this force that we all have and that all objects can have and we can like manipulate and it flows through us. And if we have like a clear passage for the animal magnetism, then we have good health we wasting
0: you have, your time. You heard about it in health class. You remember <laughs> this real thing that exists, animal magnetism.
1: If you have blockages to that flow, then you'll get sick. And he had all these elaborate ways that he could help you, like, open up these blockages to the flow of your magnetism. It was everything from just, like, sitting in a room with you and holding hands for an hour to, like, these huge ceremonies where, like, a bunch of people would, like, hold hands around a giant tank of water, and they would, like hum and sing and sway and (laughs) like get real wild and pro and sex stuff probably i'm not saying i don't i'm not saying either
0: but like i would probably tell like if anybody writes a history book about this do leave out the sex stuff (laughs) just say that we did like got like kind of wild around a tank and somebody will be like, that's going to sound really weird without the sex stuff. <laughs> Actually, that's, you may have made it weirder by excising the sex stuff. That was definitely
1: part of it. Well... <laughs> uh... King Louis was not convinced and he this was becoming very popular throughout France and he was kind of upset about it and he wanted to like nip it in the bud and so he had this task force of like doctors and scientists and, and really smart people put together and Ben Franklin was in charge of it and the idea was can you disprove this please Can you or, 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 or prove it but he didn't really think it was real so disprove it so people will stop paying to go to these people because there were people you know popping up all over France to like get your money so that you'd come let them clear your blockages. So anyway, at Franklin's house, they set up an experiment and they did a bunch of different things, but my favorite part, my favorite test is that they had one of the practitioners that came to demonstrate their powers, go magnetize a tree. He said he could do that. I can magnetize things. I have the ability to move energy into them and then you can feel the magnetic pull. So I'll be able to magnetize a tree in this yard and we can send anybody out and they will be drawn to the tree after I do this. So they chose a local 12-year-old boy, (laughs) and they blindfolded him, and they said, now go find the tree. (laughs) And Ben Franklin's account of this is that he wandered around for like an hour, (laughs) and then he passed out. (laughs) He was okay. The boy was fine. You can read all about it in
0: the Griffin McElroy story.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, the, the, the task force published all their findings, and it went a huge way to discredit mesmerism and to stop a lot of these kind of uh, fake medical practitioners who were popping up all over france so wouldn't
0: you love to live in an era where disproving stuff made people less likely to do it <laughs> wouldn't that be charming
1: the medicines, the medicines that for the mouth.
0: we have just started rehearsing for the summer theater that's right summer starts in march around these parts and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner
1: Speaking speaking of that, uh, another thing that Ben Franklin was an early uh, believer in was inoculation. So uh, in Franklin's time, smallpox inoculation, and now at the time, this was not what we think about as like a modern vaccine, but this was on the pathway to creating modern vaccines. They They were still doing like, if you had smallpox, I might take like some of... One of your sores. I'm scraping it. That's what I'm doing with your arm right now. Oh, like, cool! Scrape yeah. off some of that, like scab or whatever. That's then,
0: Sydney's like, love language. You have to respect <laughs> it.
1: We're all into something different. And then I might like, if I wanted to inoculate somebody, like take some of that and then like blow it up their nose or you know stab him in the arm with it or something and there were different processes but it usually worked where you might get like a mild form of the disease but then you'd get better as opposed to getting smallpox and dying which is worse Uh, and it was at this point it was just being introduced and accepted and there was still a lot of resistance because it seemed very strange and ben franklin was one of the first ones to observe like use his brain and observe and say this works and this is great. And he was a huge proponent and published pamphlets about it and was one of the first, like, ones to, like, spread the word. Hey, this is, we're on to something here. This could prevent disease, and we should all, you know, get our smallpox inoculation.
0: So you were wearing that T-shirt tonight to celebrate oh. Mr. Franklin's?
1: Yes, oh, I'm wearing one thing? of our vaccine T-shirts.
0: Uh, we don't normally sell our own stuff during shows but since the proceeds get a charity yes. a vaccine awareness charities we thought it was okay. And
1: that would be okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you got macroymarch.com you can buy. Yes,
1: yeah, so if you want to spread the spread the good word like Ben Franklin and give some vaccines to your friends. <laughs> like not you unless you know yeah, how unless, unless you that's find like some within your No. And maybe
0: if you I'm find some and you don't give them away that's just greedy. <laughs> if you find some needles that look like they might have vaccines in them. It is your responsibility. Please don't don't do this. Put them in your friends. Only if it is within your job description (laughs) to get vaccines. Especially your vehemently anti-vax friends, because they're going to be the least likely to get them. So just any Uh, needles you find. No. Okay, that's assault. Civic duty. ASSAULT uh, CIVIC DUTY, IT'S LIKE it's THE line, LINE IS SO BLURRY. <laughs> IS THERE A LINE EVEN? Hmm. YES. WIND UPON 12? YES, well, yes. Ooh, INTERESTING. WHAT TO THINK ABOUT? <laughs> <McElroy-Merch.com>. <laughs> um
1: one of, ONE OF FRANKLIN'S INVENTIONS, THERE WERE MANY, THERE are MANY INVENTIONS THAT HE HAD, BUT ONE THAT WAS MEDICALLY RELEVANT WAS uh, THE FIRST FLEXIBLE CATHETER. He actually... A few fans in the audience. They're great if you need them. Uh, His brother... And, and he did as well. Uh, Franklin had problems with bladder stones, and his brother John had a lot of problems with them, and that created a lot of uh, difficulty urinating. And so he came up with this idea that he actually, like, he had a local silversmith, like, help him make, and then he, like, mailed it to him. And he was like, here you go, John.
0: <laughs> silversmith is, like, the last kind of smith I would want. Like smith, maybe?
1: It was, like, this flexible, like, silver-coiled... Thing and then and jointed and then it was wrapped in in like gut and like intestine, <laughs> but it worked. I get. I mean, <laughs> I think it At helped him pee. It I helped him yeah, pee. We gotta go. Obviously, we've improved upon those since then, <laughs> but it was a great idea. Uh, and of course, we have to mention bifocals, uh, which. I didn't realize Ben Franklin, so he made bifocals because as he got older, he needed both reading glasses for reading and then glasses to see far away when he wasn't reading. And so he was constantly switching between two pairs of glasses and that got annoying. And so he literally just had his lenses like cut in half and then put back together which I didn't know that was how he did it. Anyway, we all knew that. I think most of us know that. That's like the, the thing you remember in school, right? He wasn't president, even though I keep wanting to think he was, and he made bifocals. He didn't, and I think what's cool is, all among these and all of his inventions, he didn't patent them. That was a big thing with Ben Franklin was not to patent him. He said, his quote on this is, as we enjoy great advantages from the inventions of others, we should be glad of an opportunity to serve others by any invention of ours, and this we should do freely and generously. I think it's great. Um, In addition to inventions, he also is responsible for helping uh, found some great institutions uh, notably, very close to here, Pennsylvania Hospital was the first, the first public hospital, founded in 1751, uh, with Thomas Bond. And basically, he, Thomas Bond was a doctor, a surgeon there, and he went to Ben Franklin because he was trying to get like the political. Wait on his side to start a public hospital we would like to use public funds to create a hospital to serve members of our city who are who are poor or the mentally ill people who can't take care of themselves we need better resources and it doesn't make any sense to be sending doctors out into the country to make house calls and, and see these patients out there we should have like a local place and he he didn't know Franklin would go for the idea, but he went and he asked him and he was all he was totally on board. Um, and for a lot of very pragmatic reasons that I just mentioned, as well as, like, that was a good thing, and we should do it. So he he went initially to the assembly, and he said, uh, hey, we would like to do this, and we'd like you to basically use taxpayer money to, to make this hospital. And they were like, no, no way. The people will never go for it. If you want to get a bunch of rich people to donate some money and make a hospital, that's awesome. We'll tell people to go to it. Uh, but we're not helping with this. And so Franklin said okay how about this if i can raise x dollars privately you'll match it
0: and we've told you before x dollars aren't real (laughs) you made them up as your own secret dollars and we do not honor them
1: (laughs) it's like a lot of money and the and the assembly was like yeah sure you're never going to raise that much money. Go for it. Whatever, Ben. <laughs> Go get your money, and yeah, we'll match that. Well, Franklin was very popular and had a lot of pull, and he raised every penny he said he was going to and then some, and then went back to the assembly and was like, too bad. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and that was the founding of the first public hospital in America, so it was really cool. Um, on a, a note on Franklin's personal health, I always had this image of Ben Franklin as like older and infirmed, which I think might come from 1776 the musical which was largely about
0: his gout right
1: yeah, I think in it was which his to... gout is
0: like the third tier character it's like above the credits
1: i mean I, that was like my image is like well i mean he was he always had gout right like he was always in that chair and he always had gout um and it was in his early years, that was not true. He was very, uh, he was very healthy, he was very active. He was a huge believer in exercise. He was a big swimmer. He was later, long after he died, he was inducted into the International Swimming Hall of Fame. <laughs> he was also, by the way, in the uh, US Chess Hall of Fame. He was inducted in 1999, which is like a cool, it's like a cool dude, right? Like you hear that and you're like, Whoa, cool dude. <laughs> Swimming and chess. <laughs> Got it here and here. <laughs> <You know. laughs> uh, but he, he also believed strongly in, in uh, exercise and fresh air, so much so in fresh air that it was noted that he would spend a lot of time with all of his, like, windows and doors open in his house naked. Just being naked. (laughs) I love this stuff. Like, when you're reading about some famous people, you'll find the strangest, like, by the way, he was naked in his house all the time. Multiple people wanted to note that, like, for historical record.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go visit Ben Franklin today. Are you excited? Sort of. (laughs) I guess kind of, (sighs) but... It's just this one problem.
1: The, the other thing that was notable that I kept finding mentioned about him, this is not medical, but I thought it was interesting, is that he was a terrible secret keeper. <laughs> Which I mainly found as an argument against him being in the Illuminati. <laughs> like, well, listen, if he was in a secret society, we all would have known.
0: Okay, two points. One, that's what they would say. <laughs> two... Two, do you know how bad you have to be at keeping secrets for it to be in history books? <laughs> like, for somebody for be some writing a history book and come up behind and be like, hey, make sure you put in there, in the book, make sure you put in how bad Ben Franklin was at <laughs> keeping secrets. I told him when I was getting my wife for Christmas and he sucks and put it in the book that he was bad at keeping secrets. I know you have a lot of <laughs> other facts in there
1: about Ben Franklin, but get this one in your history book. This became particularly relevant um, in the 90s when, and this was one of those things I read and it kind of rung a bell, like, I think I may remember this. In 1998, they were renovating uh, Franklin's home in London, the Franklin House, which was the last still standing, like, home of Benjamin Franklin.
0: No booing for London. Interesting. (laughs)
1: Uh, but they were renovating it, and during the, during the renovations, they started digging up in the basement a lot of human bones. <laughs> like, and, like, eventually they found 1,200 pieces of Whoa, human bones. Whoa, that's bone. so many more than I thought you would say. A lot of That's like of bone. so many more than I have. <laughs> well, not 1,200 individual bones, pieces of bone. There were probably like 15 different people. Uh, and so there were all these, like, headlines. He like, broke 1, 15
0: people into 1,200 pieces, and I'm supposed to feel comforted? <laughs> no, it's not what you think, Justin. He it's freaking not. anatomized <laughs> these people. He burned them to their very essence. He pulverized them into dust. It's
1: fine. <laughs> There were, there were all these headlines that were like, Ben Franklin, murderer? <laughs> was he a serial killer? Was it the Illuminati? Was this all part of the conspiracy? No, he was not. <laughs> It, what the and you'll still find stories like that, but what the most likely I would say, what I would bank on explanation for this is that at Franklin House, uh, he had set up his protege when he wasn't there, because obviously he didn't live there all the time. He let his protege and a, a young man, William Hewson, who like studied under him and was also a, a doctor, was an actual medical doctor. Uh, he set up an anatomy school in the house. And so, at the time, it was illegal to dissect corpses, except under very specific situations, and so that provided very few opportunities for young physicians and students to learn how, you know, the human body was put together. So, a lot of the dissections were kind of done, you know, off the record. So, he had, like, this secret anatomy lab where he would either, like, probably either go rob graves himself, or he would get some resurrection men to go rob graves for him. Yeah. He'd pay for bodies, bring them there, like secret teach all of his students, and then just bury them in the basement. Sure. So he didn't get caught. Sure, sure.
0: So maybe the most important lesson we can all learn from him, Franklin. If you think you're about to die, make sure you get someone and tell them about the perfectly normal bones <laughs> that you have in your basement. Like, oh one last thing. I made up the stuff with the kite, and they're perfectly <laughs> normal legal boats. <bugs. laughs> and I want to tell you why. You've got to cover that before you beef it. So, so important. But I, thank yeah, you. Yeah, he
1: didn't murder anybody, though. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, I, so did, you make, did he
0: make it? <laughs> He's not here tonight. But thank you to Ben for all these great contributions. Thank you to uh, uh, the Rising Center for having us here in this beautiful place. Thank you yeah, to you, thank Philadelphia, you. for having us. We're going to be back with my brother, my brother, in a couple minutes. Uh, Make sure you take advantage of the facilities if you need to, or buy a poster, or whatever. And uh, thank you to uh, Paul Sabourin for the mustard on the mic gag. Hilarious. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. And uh, thank you to the taxpayers for the use of our song medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And thank you to you for being here and listening in the future. Uh, Anything else to That's it. So uh, that is going to do it for us for this week. So until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head.